Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Attention pro athletes. Want to secure your financial legacy and thrive off the field? Oak Bridge Wealth Management, led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, is your dedicated financial planning ally. But don't take it from me. Take it from the Dallas Cowboys' Tyler Biotish. He says, Chris set goals financially and has been incredibly impactful in my journey in the NFL. Experience our customized, comprehensive approach, trusted by top NFL players. Don't leave your financial success to chance. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anaceti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And let Oakbridge Wealth Management guide you across the goal line. Welcome back to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by my good friend, Badger legend, the Hebrew hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? Living our best lives, Matt Perkins. I'm going to Madison tomorrow. Excited to be here talking with another coach. Man, we are, we are just doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got uh, Coach Nate Letton, tight ends coach. We are very excited to have you here today. Coach, thanks for taking some time out of your very busy schedule. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me. I'm looking forward to uh, to this conversation. Um, so before we hop into it, though, got to remind you guys that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at BetOnline. NHL playoffs, NFL playoffs. By the time you're listening to this, both of those series may be done. Who knows? Either way, MLB, casino games, golf, I mean, you name it, it's over there. MMA, boxing. Head on over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V, bet online, where the game starts. I've been really looking forward to talking to you because you are, I think, the. are you the youngest coach on the staff or is it... Uh, I think I was or, Spalding beat by a couple of years, but I'm, I'm definitely uh, on the on the bottom end of the, uh, the age spectrum there. Well, I'm excited to sort of see your perspective, especially here because, you know, you're a lot closer in age to a lot of the players and you sort of really understand, like, modern college football and what it is like. So I'm excited to talk about that, but we want to go back first to talk a little bit more about younger Nate Letton. Now, you are a Kentucky native, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. All right. I like so, to remind everybody of that around here, too. So, A <laughs> little bit. So, uh, now, did you grow up in Lexington? So, uh, you know, both my parents are school teachers. My dad is a high school football coach. Uh, I was born, you know, kind of in the, in the Appalachian region. My dad was a, a started his coaching career out there in Prestonsburg, Kentucky, uh, we moved to more to central Kentucky when I was young, kind of bounced around between Mount Sterling and Paris. But ultimately, I went to high school in Lexington. I lived in a small town about 40 minutes outside of there, uh, but claimed Lexington for the most part. So then went to college in Danville. So I, I spent quite a few years in uh, in Kentucky for sure. So 
in in that, I assume that you haven't really been up to, you didn't really get up to Wisconsin very much during that time. So what have been your first sort of impressions of the state of Wisconsin and the city of Madison? Yeah, I mean, when I moved here December 30th was the first time I'd ever stepped foot in the state of Wisconsin, which, uh, you know, I, I loved it. I'd never seen frozen lakes before. That was cool um, when I was driving past the, uh, the big ones here. But Wisconsin has, it has reminded me, it's been a very easy transition for me because, you know, what I loved about growing up in Kentucky was, you know, the people, uh, very blue collar, honest, hardworking, loyal folks. And that's what you find here in Wisconsin more than anything. I mean, you know, obviously the landscape, you know, the scenery, beautiful. You can't beat it. Um, obviously, you know, the just being in the Big Ten, that's awesome. But, you know, anytime you're making a move, you're, you know, you're, you're making a huge commitment, a big change in your life. Um, just the folks in the community have made this such a, you know, such a treat to, to come up here and, and to, uh, you know, to, to immerse yourself in that, that's been a lot of fun. So um, I guess I want to ask you though. So you, when you said you went to center college, um, but uh, you played linebacker there. You were not a tight end. Talk to us about your playing career a little bit and sort of how that shaped you into a coach and sort of what your path as a player was. Yeah, I thought it was a lot better prospect coming out of high school than I really was. Um, but fortunately, I mean, life, you know, we all know it kind of works in, in mysterious ways. Uh, you know, playing football at Center College and going there um, was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I got to play for a guy named Andy Fry, who, you know, aside from Luke Fickle, is, is in my book, you know, the best person and best football coach I've ever been around. I guess I should, you know, throw my dad in there as well because I played for, for him too. So, um, but, you know, I learned a tremendous amount. And um, when I was in college, I just, you know, probably my going into my sophomore year or going into my junior year, um, you know, as a biology major, I think I was going to go to med school or something. You know, my GPA quickly told me I wasn't going to do that. But, you know, told my head coach, like, hey, I, you know, I want to be a coach and, you know, I'd like your help and, you know, making connections and networking. And, um, you know, he really worked hard for me. It just so happened that, you know, fast forward to the spring break of my senior year, he was like, hey, listen, um, you know, our receivers coach is leaving. It's a restricted earnings job. Um, it's going to pay you, I think, uh, $3,000 on the year. Um, and, you know, I know you don't know much about it, but I know that you'll, you know, you'll attack this opportunity and learn what you need to learn. Um, but, yeah, to say that that first, uh, that first position group that I coached of wide receivers coming from playing linebacker as their teammate, you know, two months prior, um, we probably hit each other a little bit too much and didn't do enough ball drills and things of that nature. But, you know, I, I just did my best to, to learn on the fly and, and learn under pressure. And, you know, I, I had a lot of comfortability because, you know, Andy Fry believed that I could do that. He gave me the latitude to be able to do that. And, that, you know, it's something I'll be, uh, you know, forever grateful for. But, well, Bernie's having some technical difficulties. He'll be right here in just a second. But no uh, you – actually coached a bunch of different positions along the offense. You've done O-line, you've done uh, receivers, tight ends. Yep. What is the biggest commonality for you across all the different positions, no matter where you're playing? You know, I, I really do think, um, you know, the thing that, and this is why I, I mentioned, like, why I think Coach Fickle's coaching style resonates with me so much is I, I don't think there's any replacement for toughness both both physically and mentally you know what i mean like you know you may think of receivers um and may not think that that's the most you know physical tough position group in the world but i do think in order to be able to play 
um, consistently through the rigors of a season. You have to have a tremendous amount of fortitude and toughness. And, and that's the, the type of uh, mentality that no matter what I was trying to accomplish or what the technical skills you needed to play receiver or tight end or O-line was, and I felt like we had a foundation of toughness. Um, and then, you know, the co- connectivity within the room that we were going to have a chance to be successful because we're going to recruit the right type of players that, you know, fit our culture and, and fit the room. So, um, you know, obviously those guys have a lot of different skill sets and things like that. But I thought, you know, again, like I said, if, if we can be tough, if we can be competitive, we're going to have a chance. Yeah. So let's talk about this room now that you've inherited, because, you know, the Wisconsin Badgers have a very long tradition at the tight end position, going back to, you know, Owen Daniels, a guy that Bernie played with and roomed with and did things we can't talk about on the podcast with um, (laughs) going, you know, all the way through a bunch of different All-Americans, Travis Beckham, the list goes on and on. What impressed you about the group of guys who are in the room when you arrived? And just talk to us about, you know, sort of what makes the guys in there unique, whether it's on the field or off the field. Yeah. I think when you just talk about the room as a group, they're highly competitive. I mean, that was the thing I was most excited about because, you know, kind of like I mentioned before you, when you get here, you know, you've got the tape of, of their past, you know, season or seasons. And, you know, obviously you study that to try and have a, a grasp of, you know, what is their athletic potential? What is their athletic ability? But to me, what you can't really gauge from the tape is like, sitting down and talking to a person, seeing them in the weight room, seeing how they interact with their teammates. Um, and I was incredibly pleased with that. Just their their approach and their working habits and how they came into the building every day was very professional, was very mature. Um, you know, this tight end room in particular has had, you know, I, I think I'm, you know, some of the guys fourth or fifth uh, position coach, you know, so this was um, in some ways kind of old hat to them. So they knew how to approach this like professionals. So I was really pleased with their maturity, with their willingness to come in with an open mind. Um, and I think that particularly across the team and you can feel it in the tight end room, like um, there's alignment to one common goal um, and they were going to do whatever we asked them to do to the best of their ability. I mean, uh, when you talk about individuals, I mean, obviously Clay Cundiff has played quite a bit. We didn't have him in the spring. He's, you know, back out running this summer. So we're excited to see kind of where he picks up um, and, and what we can expect of him, but obviously still got, you know, some time to recover and heal and get comfortable. Um, Jack Eschenbach is a guy that's as athletic as it gets. Um you know, obviously he's long and rangy on the perimeter. And I think he made a tremendous amount of progress in the core in the blocking game and his willingness and ability to do that. Um, Hayden Rooch is a bruiser, man. I mean, that dude will, he'll, he'll knock your head off and he's really good at that, but um, he's not a burner. You know what I mean? But like he, he knows, and I would say that to him. So I'm not saying anything I haven't told him before, but uh, you know, he really knows he's played a lot of meaningful football. He knows how to get himself <laughs> open. He knows how to use his tools. Uh, he's just a smart, adaptable football player. Um, Jack Pugh, man, hadn't done a whole lot on Saturday afternoons yet, but he's young. Um, that dude plays as hard as anybody on our football team. Um, his teammates love him. He loves his teammates. Um, he has a tremendous upside. Um, you know, Riley Norkowski coming from fullback. I mean, that dude might be the smartest guy on our team. He intimidates me a little bit being in the room. Like, dude, you, <laughs> you got to tone it down a little bit, okay? But uh, he's just all these guys. And, you know, JT Seagraves, Angel Toons. I mean, I don't want to leave anybody out with, you know, Cam Large and Cole Dokovich being injured. But um, we have a lot of guys who can do a lot of jobs really well. We just have to figure out through this summer training cycle into the fall training camp, right, like 
what people, what combination of people best gives us the opportunity to win on Saturday afternoon. So we're still trying to answer that question. Absolutely. We'll talk about what's going to be happening on Saturday afternoons. This offense, this air raid offense under Phil Longo, is a little bit different than what you guys were running with Coach Gino at Cincinnati. Talk to us about the the similarities and differences in between the two, and then sort of what's been the hardest part as a coach to adapt to the new system. Sure. I mean, I, I think just, you know, obviously all of us still coach uh, for the same head coach, right? The common factor there is Luke Fickle. And, um, you know, I know that there's still going to be a tremendous commitment to running the football. I think just the way we approach doing that might look a little bit differently, right? We might be a little bit more spread out running the football. You know what I mean? We're obviously going to be in the shotgun running the football, playing a little bit more tempo. We might add some RPO elements that maybe didn't exist or be quite as prevalent as they were um, in the past. Um you know, I've mentioned this before. I think to me as a coach, what you have to adapt your coaching style to is sometimes um, we can outsmart ourselves. We can make the game a little bit too rigid. We can make the game a little bit too confined um, with too many rules, too many parameters. Um, and I think what this offense does as well as anything that I've been around up to this point in my career is um, it really gives a lot of freedom to our players. Right. And, you know, now it takes a lot on the front end to be able to teach them, you know, hey, how do I fit? holistically within this scheme, right? What is my job in this scheme? Okay. And then where can I get myself open in the pass game? Right. Um, and I think that took me a little bit of time to adjust to, but obviously Phil does a great job teaching it to us as coaches um, before we go out and try and teach it to our players. Um, you know, but there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of latitude. There's, there's a lot of rope for those guys, but you know, that's the beauty of the offense is we, we put really good players in positions to be comfortable and not fear failure um, and go out and attack the football and make plays. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's, that's really interesting because we've, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities, more opportunities for the tight ends to really get out in space and make space as everyone is spread out wider than we are used to seeing. Right. And so it's, uh, it's definitely going to be a new look for the position at Wisconsin in this offense. What do you think is the most important attribute for one of your players to have? Huh. It'd be hard to say like, hey, what's one thing? Because the tight ends are involved in so many things. But I think to me, uh, the thing that a tight end has to be able to do is they have to be able to, um, you know, they've got to be able to play in space consistently in this offense more than they have in the past, right? Like, you know, not only in the route running component, but in the screen game, we're, you know, we're, we're detached out there on the perimeter. Um, maybe we're going to ask you to block a nickel. You know, I mean, we were doing that a lot in the spring, which is challenging for those guys at first, because, you know, you're talking about a lot of short area quickness across from you um, that maybe we're not used to handling. So we've had to, you know, curtail some of our individual drill work to, to, you know, being able to handle those things. Um, right. But at the end, you know, I hate to say just one thing, you know what I mean? Like they got to have a willingness to block. They got to love their teammates. They got to have great bend and change of direction. And they got to be able to high point the football. They got to be able to beat guys one-on-one. Um, and to me, uh, that collection of talents is what makes this position so unique. You know I mean? It's such a highly developmental position. It's such a skilled position. Um, that's why I love coaching because you're involved in, in all the elements. And, you know, if you, if you, if you put yourself in, you know, peg yourself as a, as a one trick pony, you know, you're gonna have a hard time seeing the field as much as you want. So we're trying to develop guys that can do all the jobs we want them to do. So let's talk about then, like, what are the biggest challenges then you face to get those guys ready this summer in particular for, you know, week one against Buffalo, their first time, you know, doing playing this offense when it really matters. 
Well, the thing, you know, for the summer, what's, we do these evaluations after the spring, right. And, you know, that was really our first time to, to really evaluate the guys. Right. And, uh, you know, I do an evaluation exit me with them. Hey, here's what, here's where I think you stand holistically. Here are the skills that I think you have to get better at. And then we take that information as we get back in the, uh, in the summer, we can individualize things they need to do. Right. Like, you know, for instance, okay, like take Jack Eschenbach, and we've had this conversation. I mean, he's he's one of our top end guys out on the perimeter. You know what I mean? Like there are a couple of, you know, minor things that we need to clean up in the run game. Here are the drill work, you know, here are the drills that we want you to be able to emphasize. Maybe here's some of the movements in the weight room. You know, we coordinate with the strength staff and Brady and his guys, um, you know, that we want these guys to focus on because it's going to enhance their ability come Saturday afternoons, right? And they all have, all of them are, you'll have proficiencies and deficiencies, right? And that's my job as a coach to highlight the proficiencies and, you know, clean up the deficiencies. And um, that's kind of what we go about doing in the summer with all those guys. And they all have kind of a unique and, and individualized plan. So I missed 16 minutes of this whole thing and I'm on my phone now, <laughs> which, is, awesome. which is really chafing me a lot because, uh, Coach, I, 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 reading your background and reading all the things that I'm sure you guys have touched on it, you know, playing linebacker, doing all these other positions that excites me you from like all the every other fifth sentence i heard the fullback right what's it like so can you just because i played fullback you if you could sure. tell my neck is kind of gone <laughs> looks like you and i would have had some good battles back Amen. in the day well I, you know <laughs> you were you were playing on a much different level than i was okay so uh listen i every level is, is amazing to me but um my, my thought is like uh Longo said no more fullbacks, which makes me sad, but I get it. What's it like that for um, – what's it been like for the fullbacks that like come to be a tight end, and, and, and how are you going to use them maybe just a little differently because they're not the same kind of build, maybe skill set as right. the other guys, uh, just because I'm selfish and I want to know, like, how I would be used in this offense. Sure. I think the answer to that question is, right, like, okay, we may not have an eye back anymore. Right. We may not be lining up in a three point stance right behind the quarterback. Right. But, you know, I mean, I'm sure the jobs you did is you were kicking out the nine technique on two back power. Right. Maybe you were, you know, cutting off the backside of inside zone or outside zone. We're still going to do all those jobs. Yeah. Right. So uh, we just may line up in a little bit different position. You know what I mean? So I don't think that necessarily um, just because those guys were fullbacks that we've eliminated their skill set or, or their job description. Right. We, we just might line them up somewhere a little bit differently. I really only inherited um, Riley Nowakowski coming from this spring. Um, and I said this uh, in one of the media sessions back in, in spring practice. I mean, I've been as impressed with him as, as anybody on our football team. I mean, that's a, that's a tough, um, you know, cerebral, intelligent, he can do all the job. You know what I mean? Like when things happen so quickly back there in the backfield, like, you know, um, you learn how to play out of position quite a bit. You know, I mean, you learn how to adjust things when they're messy. Um, he does that as well as anybody just because he's had to do it and he's played a couple different positions in his time here. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we may not be a, a true fullback, but we're still doing some of the dirty work on that front too. Oh, man, you bring back all these good memories of kicking out the nine <laughs> and cutting off the backside on zone. Oh, right. my God. Uh, I forgot about a lot of those things. But you're yeah, right. I mean, we're doing all the same stuff, you know. You're just going to line up in a different place and, and do it from there. Exactly right. Is he Has he been able to – like, um, you know, that position used to be just like a downhill block of dude. Um, 
how's this tr- transition like catching the ball, running routes? Like that stuff was always much more difficult for some guys who are straight downhill, like kind of hitters. Right. And I, that, I guess that would be the difference is I don't know. And I'm, I'm probably speaking out of turn. I don't know exactly every, you know, everything, but um, he maybe wasn't like a true fullback. You know I mean? I think he adapted to that position too. So um, all of them, right. Like I have a certain way that I want to coach route technique. And then also coach Longo has ways that he, you know, certain plays or certain parameters that he wants set. Right. Attention athletes. Do you want a frictionless and tailored financial planning experience to secure your future? Well, look no further. Introducing Oak Bridge Wealth Management, the premier financial planning firm for professional athletes. Led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, our team provides a unique and comprehensive approach, ensuring your financial success both on and off the field. We understand the unique challenges you face as a professional athlete, from managing cash flow habits to planning major business purchases and navigating complex contracts. That's why we've developed a proven process, working closely with our strategic partners to provide seamless solutions for your unique financial journey. Our services evolve with your career, offering short, mid, and long-term goal setting, portfolio optimization, real estate investments, and more. As you transition to life beyond the field, we support you with career development and philanthropic ventures. But don't just take our word for it. Top NFL players like Chase Boulier, Tyler Biotish, Alec Ingold, and more trust Oak Bridge Wealth Management to guide them towards financial success. Troy Dye of the Minnesota Vikings says, I really love the work that Chris and the rest of the Oak Bridge group do. I especially like the honesty and transparency when it comes to setting up financial goals and plans that best fit my needs and situation. It's time to elevate your financial game plan. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anacete. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And join the winning team. Fingers crossed we are all going to be working on the internet today. But again, Coach, like I have to imagine that even like especially in recruiting these days, like you you deal with this kind of stuff all the time. Organized chaos, to- man. Organized chaos all the time. It's just how we like it. So this is nothing new. Um, I think the question was how did Riley specifically, but I guess the point was everybody, when you have a new staff and a new an offense uh, such as the one that we brought here, that that does that is a, quite a bit different operationally than what they've done in the past. Um, everybody had so much growth to do. Um, but but Riley, you know, like I said, he's so smart, he's so conscientious, he wants to get better. Um, you tell these guys to do something, they're going to do it exactly the way you want it, uh, which is awesome. You know, as a coach, I mean, you can't you can't ask for anything better, and and they work very diligently at it. Um, so he, I mean, all those guys have, have just done a, a great job adapting to the pass game. Wait, Matt Perkins, I'm assuming you probably asked this question, but I'm going to ask it again because I was I was here but couldn't hear anything. Nate, what's it been like to be working with Coach Phil Longo, who I think is a genius when it comes to, you know, he'll never say that, but like really what he's done in, in college football and the offense is special. I'm thrilled and like excited to see what the product is on the field, but like, what's it like for you to be under, you know, be working in collaboration with him? I'll tell you what's a funny short story, but um, I was in, I just finished my first year of, of, 
coaching college football at Center College. I was transitioning from being the receivers coach to now the tight ends coach. Um, our offensive coordinator there, a guy named Tony Joe White, is a Texas native. Um, and our head coach gave us a little bit of uh, professional development money for us to go travel around on spring break and, and visit with some folks. And one of those places was Sam Houston State. They had this office coordinator guy named Phil Longo who set the world on fire. Um, there was some miscommunication on our end about what day we were going to be there. We were a day early. And they're in the middle of spring ball. And the dude met with us for like 10 hours straight. It was unbelievable. Unbe like he had no idea we were going to be there. So I think that just kind of speaks to the type of guy he is. He's a football junkie. Um, he's, he's a really, you know, easy guy to get along with. And, you know, really there's no, uh, the thing I like about Phil so much and what I appreciate about it, appreciate about him so much is like, the only thing he wants to do is win. You know what I mean? So there's very little, you know, um, ulterior motive. There's no ego. There's no, it's like, Hey, here's the offense we're running. How can we make it better? Who do we need to put in the right positions and, and who gives us the best chance to win? So, um, that's why, you know, it's been great. Uh, you know, I really, I don't want to, I don't want to sing his praises too much in case he sees this. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's been a lot of fun and for him to, uh, you know, the way I got here was a little bit unique, you know, coming on initially and then off the field capacity and then, you know, Gino leaving. And, then, you know, he was, he didn't know me that well. He was incredibly supportive and in, in me kind of moving into that role and something I, I'm, I'm really, uh, deeply appreciative for. That's so cool. So, Sorry, Matt. Did you have a question? Because I got like a hundred. I, I asked all the questions the first half. Now it's it's you. It's you. It's you here uh, now, buddy. Uh, coach, I you know you're you're in a first off. I think the tight end position at at Wisconsin is extremely special. I think you've had historically like big dudes who block guys who can actually get out and still catch footballs, but big big monsters. Um, like Sigmund comes to mind. This is before my time, right? And then and Marcinelli, and you had some other guys. But then you had, then you got uh, Tony Pashotti, who I played with. Um, but then you got guys like Owen Daniels and right. Travis Beckham. You're talking about like the tight end position at Wisconsin is really, to me, it's revolutionized kind of everything we've ever been able to do. How cool is it to co to coach that room? But you're also coaching half the guys who have run the Super Bowl are tight ends from Wisconsin. It's kind yeah. of bananas. What's it like to be? What in your thirties and coaching that room, but like just coaching that room at Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's never lost on me. Uh, the privilege I have, you know, and the, you know, I, you know, I like to think I work hard and, you know, do a good job, but I mean, there's, there's a tremendous amount of luck that comes into this business too. Right. I'm not naive enough to not believe that, but um, you know, to be a place just from a program standpoint, like Wisconsin with such an unbelievable history of, not only playing at the highest level, but to do it the right way, right? And I think we all kind of know what we're talking about on that front. Like, you know, Wisconsin has been the model of consistency and excellence for a long, long time and doing it a particular way. And that's something um, I think when you talk about the tight end position, um, kind of the least specialized group, right? Kind of, you, you know, you, you have to almost embody that, you know, I'll do whatever it takes. So if we got to run the ball 50 times, I'll block 50 times. If I got to catch the football 50 times, I'll do that too. You know what I mean? Whatever it takes – um, and I love, you know, kind of that mentality that um, and that tradition within that room. And I think we got a bunch of guys in there right now that, you know, in 10 years, we'll be talking about them the same way, which I think is really, really neat and really special. And um, like I said, I, I hate to sometimes I feel like when I get on these things and I just say I'm so grateful. It's like, oh, my God, you sound sad. But really, that's that's how I feel. It, it really does. Like, you know, it feels so I hate the word surreal, but it does feel surreal. And I feel incredibly, like I said, privileged. And it's. It's something that we have to work tremendously hard to make sure that we honor it the right way. 
Listen, I, I love the way that uh, the whole coaching staff has, has answered that question it, it, to me in the best way possible. I mean, it is surreal. Like, right. you know, like coming in, you're coaching at the University of Wisconsin, which I mean, maybe for Matt and I, it's it's our the best place in the world. It's the best place in the world for me too, man. You no, know, I know, but <laughs> but like, I just love it. Like, I'm going back. My wife's from there. Like, I want my daughter to go there. I'm already emailing admissions. She's two. So like, <laughs> so like we like, you know, it's just so nice to see that the coaching staff has like really just embraced, you know, right. bought in. That's what we always say, and embraced like this culture. And I think you guys are only just going to polish it up and make it even better. Um, it, it's just so. It's just so cool to me. Well, I appreciate that. We, I mean, we we hope so. We, you know, we're we're working hard to, you know, to to make you know all Badger fans and, and folks that that love this place, you know, really proud. So, you came over. You mentioned you came over from Cincinnati originally to do QC, which in a lot of ways was a quote unquote step back. Right, you were a position coach sure. at Cincinnati, but you decided to take a quality control job, which is an off the field job at Wisconsin. What made you want to make that that particular jump? And now it's worked out for you great, you know, in, in the way that you know you're back on the field already. But what made you have that leap of faith to you know to take a job that some would deem less than the one you had before? Sure. Uh, to me, um, you know, Coach Fickle, I, I wasn't done learning. You know, what I mean, like, and he's a you know he's a tremendous person. He's a tremendous football coach. Um, you know, I got two. I got to work for him for two years as a, as a grad assistant. Um, and then all, you know, really, I, I mean, I got promoted in, I think February officially. And then obviously, you know, you get 10 months with a guy and you're in a particular role. I think you're, you know, you're craving a little more, you know what I mean? And then obviously, you know, like we just talked about to me, um, you know, Wisconsin is like that, that's a destination job. You know what I mean? It's, it's the big 10 it's, and it's, it's a big 10, you know, program that has won, you know, it's not it's not a big 10 program that, you know, doesn't have the the tradition. Right. So to me, it was a no brainer. Um, you know, I wanted to continue working with coach fickle and the guys that came from Cincinnati. I think they do it the right way. And, um, like I said, I mean, you know, you can't hide your age, right. I'm a young coach, you know, I understand that. And, you know, I'm eager to, you know, continue learning and, and growing and, um, getting better. And I, you know, wh- why would you leave, you know, if you had an opportunity to, to come and stay and maybe take on a, a role that, you know, isn't exactly what you want to do, but you still have the opportunity to, to, for the growth that you're, you know, looking for, I, I, I thought, why not? So I'm glad I did, you know, <laughs> worked out. Yeah. For, from my, like, uh, I've met coach Fickle twice and from everything that I've garnered from those like two short times is that he stri- shoots straight. And I have to believe coach that even though it was a quality control position, there was there, I, I have to believe you don't have to say yes or no, that there was some behind, like, listen, if you stick with it, you're going to be there one day. Like we're going to take you. It's just right now, this is what we can do. Right. There were conversations that were had and uh, I'll keep those private, but yeah, I, listen, I, I would, I would not have come, I guess I'll say this. I would not have come if I didn't trust Luke fickle and his, uh, you know, I believe he can, you know, he cares about our program at large, right? That's what he's paid to do. Okay. But I know that he cares about me individually um, and I knew that, you know, whether it's one year or three years or five years, when, you know, whenever that opportunity presented itself, I knew I'd have an opportunity to, to, to move in. So I felt comfortable with that. And, you know, he, he's done right by me ever since I first started working for him. So, um, you know, like I said, it was, it was an easy decision to be honest. Uh, coach. So being a running back, I got to ask you come in and you see that room with maybe one of the next best running backs in the nation. Right. What's it like to just be like, 
man, I'm coaching the tight ends. These guys are ballers. Our O-line is a bunch of dogs. And then I get to go and, like, block for possibly one of the best guys to ever play at Wisconsin. And uh, like Chez Malusi is no joke either. Like, these guys are great. It, like I said, we're still going to have a commitment to running the football. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, those I, – I mean, truthfully, you know, we all have things to work on, right? Across the board, position group, position group. But, like, these guys are unbelievable. The, the big boys – like, that was – it's breathtaking – you know, when you walk into the room with them for the first time, how big these guys are. Right. And then you talk about you like, you know, you, you do some research, right? Like, Hey, you figure out you're coming to Wisconsin, you need to be there in 10 days, do some research on the roster. Okay. You hear about this, you know, Braylon Allen guys, chess guy, you know, okay. He's a big, big kid. You watch the tape and you see him in person. Like that's not him. That's a linebacker. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No way. No way. This guy moves like that. So how much do you wish you had Braylon in the tight end room? Oh, what yeah. would you do with him as a tight end? He has an open invitation, okay? <laughs> if you're watching this, it's just a joke, but, like, he has an open invitation no matter what. But it's not a joke. I mean, you want him. I mean, you want you you want the best athletes you can get in that well, room. Well, I think, yeah, I, I think Coach Bignell would take him as an offensive lineman. I think he's good <laughs> of a player, you know what I mean? So, um, so I'm, I'm excited to see him in person, you know what I mean? I mean, on, on Saturday afternoons, obviously, right? So that'll be fun. But what, what are some of the um... – you don't have to name specific names. So, like, what are some of, like, the, coming out of spring ball, like, things that you've seen that you're like, wow, we really got better at these things? Well, I think offensively, when you talk about just the operation of it, I think we struggled early. Just, you know, the guys who have been entrenched in the older system, right? You're talking about somebody coming to a huddle, telling you the play, and then particularly if you're involved in the blocking unit, right? You come to the line of scrimmage and the communication happens inside out. There's There are all of these things happening. Um, and to a degree, I think just off, speaking offensively, um, like now you're looking at a signal or you're kind of fending for yourself. There's not there's no verbal communication. You know, that takes some time. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, you know, just the buy in we had on that front was unbelievable. Observing just the defense, like the speed at which the entire practice went, I think, was really new. We had some guys who were definitely uh you know, hovering over some trash cans or, you know, hunched <laughs> over, you know, looking for some wind um, to start practice. And that's not to say they didn't practice hard in the past, right? I think just maybe how we structure it is a little bit different, right? So it takes some time to get used to. But I thought our team speed, and that's something that Coach Fickle laid out as one of our goals. I did believe our team speed, maybe not our 40-yard dashes, but the way we went about playing the game increased, right? And I think that was a huge benefit for our, for our entire football team. So, you know, if Obviously, we had some some different skill sets. You know, like I felt like, you know, all of the guys got better at, at running routes, catching the football, being competitive when the ball's in the air. You know, some of those, you know, more particular specific skills. So I thought it was a great spring on the whole. We stayed fairly healthy, and, and it was great. So I'm very happy. It, you know, you bring up it. it I, I didn't really ever think of that. I guess I I should have been an offensive guy, but people don't get it. When you're in the huddle, they say I write twenty eight power, and literally you have like twenty seconds to think about it. So like right. in your head, you're like, I'm going to the left or right, whichever way. I'm blocking this guy. I know what I'm doing. Oh, it's on one. So I'm like, as we break the huddle, you're still thinking the play, the, what you're doing, what it looks like. You see the front. Like it takes – you have time to really look at everything and, and, and break it down in your brain. I guess what you're saying is – which would make it seem more difficult for guys to learn as the speed of the game is increasing is you're just looking at a signal. You're turning around and you're going. That – you change right. it from like 30 seconds of visual, you know, learning or visual aid to sure. 10, 15 seconds. Like that's a huge difference. 
Right. I mean, it really, you know, that's not something that's taken into consideration enough, right, is the operation. You know, that's a big deal. Um, and that's I don't think it's difficult. But like when you get accustomed, particularly some of those older guys who are in year four, five, six, whatever it may, may, may be, they've played football a specific way um, for a long time now. You know, what I mean, there's just like anything like, you know, the older you get, the, the harder it is to break habits. And, um, you know, we had to you know, we had to train a new system, a train mm-hmm. a new style. But like I said, those guys, like, they were awesome. You know, they, they were awesome. So I was really pleased with them. I, I think the, I think the speed of the game is what's going to make Wisconsin special. Cause you're going to be, you're going to have teams tired. Yeah. In the I mean, fourth quarter, you're going to have them tired. You know I mean? I, and we still, you know, we're still going to play complimentary football. We're going to play great defense. I can guarantee sure. that. Right. And then obviously we hope, we can put pressure on people. You know, I, I think the beauty is that if we need to possess the football, like you just mentioned before, with our offensive line, our tailbacks, right, the history and tradition we have here, um, we can hold the football if we need to. But obviously we're going to be as explosive as we can. We're trying to score as many points as we can, push the ball vertically down the field. And um, I do, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be challenging on, on opposing defense. That's what, that's what's really, you know, exciting for us and add some tempo in there. And hopefully, you know, we have some success. Wait, and and you said that Clay, you said Clay's doing much better. Yeah, he's. Uh, so I, I don't know if he's. I don't. You know, you don't like, have to share his medical stuff. I, I don't no, no. Like he's that. running. He, he's running. He's out there training. He's in the. He's just like room. one of my favorite players. When we, oh, you know, last season was was he was special, dude. He's great. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a shame you know what happened to him, but he he approached his rehab perfectly, in my opinion. You know, stay around the guys, learn the offense as much as he could without doing it. Um, but now he's out there, you know, he's running sprints and pushing prowlers this morning and, you know, he's doing all the stuff he's supposed to be doing. So. Excellent. Well, we'd like to hear that. And so we're not going to take up too much, too much more of your time, but we got to know, we've been asking everyone this, you moved to Madison, you're new to Madison. What is your favorite place to eat? Oh man. I'll tell you what I really, really like is I like, um, I like Lucille right there, uh, by the Capitol. Pizza I the Detroit style pizza. It's got mm-hmm. a great little bar in there. I think it's fantastic. You know, so in fact, I might try and go there tonight. Now that you <laughs> Coach, I love that pick. I yeah, that yeah. Pick. I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big time. And you know, I don't, I don't want to crown anybody with best cheese curd. I think that's dangerous territory to just proclaim that. I will say that Lucille has an excellent cheese curd appetizer option. Okay, so if you're if you're hunting for something good, that's uh, that's definitely a place to stop. <laughs> I, I have strong I have strong cheese curd opinions. I have very strong cheese curd. I opinion. do too. And that's what I, that's, I wanted. To, I wanted to play the middleman there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't. I didn't want. I wanted to offend no one. No, you're doing the right thing. Pretty much anywhere you go that has a cheese curd isn't going to be a bad cheese curd. Yeah, no question. It's like <laughs> there's no such thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Coach, thank you so much. I'm sorry for all the technical difficulties, but no. uh, it was a pleasure meeting you here. Matt and I will be there for Squat Fest to just be around. Uh, yes. and be Can't wait. You're going to love that. that. Okay, that's It's going to blow your – like of everything you've seen so far, that's going to blow your mind the most. In, well, you know. I, no, I believe it. I believe <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> my dad already is like, don't, don't try to go in there and put a bar in your back. You're too oh, old. No, no, I'm no, like, no, no Dad, I'm not a chance that happens. <laughs> Unless Braylon asked me to, maybe I will. Uh, but I probably most likely won't. Um, but it'd be great if we just bump into you. I think we'll, we'll be up in the that. office at some point. So we'll come and well, say hi. 
but uh, but thank you for your time and, and have a good time at Lucille's tonight. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon, okay? Absolutely. Thank yes, you sir. so much, Coach, and thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag and our friends over at Oak Bridge Wealth Management. And until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Hold the phone up. It's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.